Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. This week, I'm talking about honour. And specifically, is your honour worth more than your life? Recently, I rewatched Kingdom of Heaven, and I think it's the perfect depiction of how honour can affect a person's journey throughout their life. Nowadays, it's very difficult to be able to nail down how honour can be reflected in society, and so I thought I'd look towards the the very film that began it all back all the way back in 2005. It's a timeless film created by Ridley Scott, starring Orlando Bloom as the lead, and there's many fantastic supporting actors along the way. But I'm going to be less on the film itself and more with the message that's going to be coming with it. And why should you stick around to watch the rest of this podcast or listen? Well, God wills it! God wills it! <laughs> God wills it! <laughs> One of my favourite lines from the quote being constantly said throughout the film. And I actually think, let's start there. Let's start with the religious side of this film. I think it's actually a fantastic depiction of how Christianity and Islam or Muslim or any other name referred to the two sides of the same coin. I think actually Kingdom of Heaven reflects nicely on how religion is meant to be and how it's not meant to be. And the idea of Jerusalem was meant to be a refuge for all religions and the idea of being able to take refuge there and for everyone to be able to practice their own religion in that space even in the Middle Ages, was this fantastic idea of democracy or peace amongst all religions, and that everyone has differences, but at the end, at the same time, they're all very similar. And I think that's the message of this film for religion, actually, is that a message of peace can actually be misinterpreted and be used as a way to be able to create war. And as much as I take the piss out of the, the use of God wills it... God wills it! God wills it! is that is the idea of taking a religion, taking someone's spirituality and manipulating it for someone else's message. And it's actually shown on both sides. It's not just shown from the Christians butchering the Muslims or vice versa. There's also the idea of Islam using its ways to be able to conquer and retake Jerusalem. This is seen in both sides where Salah Hadin invites one of his allies into his tent to have a conversation over why they retreated from Karak and why they didn't take on the Christian army from Jerusalem. The idea was that Saladin understood that this battle could not be won when he's sieging a Karak while at the same time having to battle the Jerusalem army at the same time along with stuff as water and supplies. Now the gentleman who is representing the spirituality of Islam in this film goes on to say that if God wills it... Why did we retire? Why? God did not favor him. God alone determines the results of battles. The results of battles are determined by God, but also by preparation, numbers, the absence of disease and the availability of water. One cannot maintain a siege with the enemy behind. How many battles did God win for the Muslims before I came? That is, before God determined that I should come. Few enough. That's because we were sinful. It is because you were unprepared. If you think that way, you shall not be king for long. 
when I'm not king, I quick for Islam. Thank you for your visit. Thank you for your visit. You promised. You promised to return Jerusalem. Don't forget. In a very similar idea of what the Christians are saying when they're trying to butcher caravans of both Jews and Muslims to be able to start a war. It's a very similar scene. Now, while the Christians are obviously, shall we say, a little bit more loud and leery about it, the gentleman for, for Islam does this perfect depiction as an actor of, you promised. You promised us Jerusalem, and you promised Islam its day in the sun. This idea of victory, this idea of when the guy of, well, the leader, the leader of the Templars, technically, not really, but he is in sort of name only, in, in Guy. And Guy de Lucien is able to reflect this urge for glory through religion. And it's the same that can be seen in the Saracen army as well. And it's both, and it's a really nice reflection of this idea of, oh, honour here is lost. It is totally lost. Honour is gone. The only thing here is they're using it as a way to be able to get to their own means. And this is where Balian comes in. This is where we re realise when we start at the beginning of the journey, Balian has lost everything. He is a man who has nothing, who would later become the perfect knight, the man of honour, the representation of how men can be pushing through life even when everything is going against them. And it's this perfect story of he starts in one place, he goes away to battle, and he goes away to discover himself, and he comes back to the same place, circling back but a completely different person along the way, rediscovering his own honour. He loses his honour by butchering a you know, priest, so-called priest, even though he's provoked, but nonetheless, he has no honour at the same time. There is nothing there. I swear to you, you will have no peace so long as you stay here. No man ever needed a new world more. Imagine your sin and pain erased. Oh. If you take the crusade, you may relieve your wife's position in hell. I, I put it delicately. She was a suicide. She is in hell. Oh, what she does there without a head. goes on to 
gain it by protecting those who are weaker than him, by protecting those who are less like have no strength, have no way to be able to protect themselves. And he does so uncompromisingly. And this is where the title of the podcast comes in. So here we go. Strap in, strap in. We're in. We're ready to rock and roll. Boom, baby. So this is, I know this has taken me six minutes to be able to explain, but nonetheless, it's fine. Um, The idea of this is that Balian is uncompromising throughout this film when it comes down to being pushed uh, into taking the easy way out. And taking the easy way out in this this idea is that he could have easily, at the beginning of the film, had Guy de Lucien executed and then became king of Jerusalem through marrying Sibylla. And he could have easily saved lives through that, but he would have been compromising his honour of knowing that he would have to kill a man in order to succeed him. And Sibylla does this fantastic line of, you will be upset over, and bear with me here, please take this with a pinch of salt, I'm terrible at quoting things, as you know from previous podcasts. You would do little bad, I think it was like, (laughs) do little bad in order to do greater good. There'll be a day when you will wish you had done little evil to do greater good. And this idea of assassinating Guy to be able to save all of Jerusalem from his warmongering. And this is where honour comes in. Guy de Lucien has is a representation of zero honour, of zero caring for anyone else in this film apart from his own glory and being able to seek the, the external world of being able to understand how people will love him, love, love me, love my victories. And that's all he's looking for throughout this entire film, is what actually, funny enough, the leper king already has in in Jerusalem, the beginning of the film. And we realise this through his story where he talks about how he was 16 years old and he won a great battle against Salah Hadin. And it's almost as if this one thing he holds on to, holds on to this great battle through his horrible leprosy that he has to deal with. And he wants to keep his honor throughout his film. And this is why he wears the mask. The mask is there to cover up the horrible leprosy that's torn away at his face, that's eaten away at his flesh. And he keeps this throughout the film by taping his, and, and still acting like a king. Now, this is the really cool thing in this film, is that the leper king has fantastic quote in the sense that a king may move a man and a father may claim a son, but a man must move himself. None of us know our end, really, or what hand will guide us there. A king may move a man, a father may claim a son, That man can also move himself, and only then does that man truly begin his own game. Remember that howsoever you are played, or by whom, your soul is in your keeping alone. Even though those who presume to play you be kings or men of power, when you stand before God, you cannot say, but I was told by others to do thus, or that virtue was not convenient at the time. This will not suffice remember that and this is what what he tells says to says to Balian at the beginning of the film and we see as the film develops 
it you know the the implications of that actually fall upon him saying no to assassinating Guy de Lucien and sticking with this idea of a man must move himself a man controls his own heart his own soul and his honor and it is this idea of I am the captain of my fate I am the captain of my fate I am the master of my soul matters not how straight the gate how punishment charged the scroll I am the master of my fate I am the captain of my soul Something along those lines. I know I'm butchering quotes left, right, and centre here. He's like, what have you done? <laughs> but you get the idea. This beautiful mindset of a man has to keep going, even if death, and to quote again his father, you know, the, the Balian's father, who we, is played by um, Nielsen. Oh, I forgot. This is where <laughs> Qui Gon Jin basically. It's terrible that you uh, you forget names when you're doing podcasts. But what he's saying is, tell the truth, even if it leads to your death. Speak the truth always, even if it leads to your death. And this is the same with honor. Honor and truth have this overlap. We're telling the truth is honorable, and so throughout this film, you see the Balian, even though his Everything around his environment gets worse and worse and worse. He's uh, he has men come over to him and try to assassinate him from Guy, and he says, "Is this why you came to the Holy Land?" Is this why you came to the Holy Land? Come on! Because the message of this film is that the Holy Land is a place of redemption, and yet these men have chosen to choose death. Take that in for a second, understand that. that when you go for redemption and you still choose the dark path, you have gone for a path that is lacking in any honour. And this is why Balian is the perfect knight, because a perfect knight is a man of honour, a man of truth, a man of destiny. And it's beautifully accommodated by this, with this message of religion as well, because we have, of course, the hospitaller, hospitaller, God. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Professor Lupin, basically, <laughs> and he's a representation in the film. And many, many, many give the theory that he's the an angel on Balian's shoulder, giving him advice. And actually, he's not actually there. I don't like that theory. Uh, because that's more the extended version of Kingdom of Heaven, and I actually like the original version, the cut version, with uh, which is shorter, but it actually makes it a better overall film. Now, the use of the Hospitaller is this idea of great advice when need be, and when things get bad, even if it leads to your death. And, uh, you know, this, this idea of him still going to war on behalf of Guy de Lucien and his mad, warmongering war to kill uh, Salahadin's army in the middle of nowhere with no water supply, meaning certain death, he still goes anyway because he is a representation of Christianity and the religion, and that he must go down with the ship, which is the Christian army. You go with the army? My order is with the army. You go to certain death. All death is certain. 
I shall tell your father what I've seen you become. And it's really interesting to see how Balian understands that he must not go. He must not choose to choose madness, choose uh, the ego throughout this film. And you'll see this over and over again. He's insulted left, right and centre, and yet he chooses not to fight back in these scenarios because he came to the Holy Land in the first place to be able to redeem himself. And so he doesn't want to choose to go down the dark path. And this is something we need to take into our own lives of this idea of life can keep hitting you over and over and over and over and over and over again. And you can keep taking those hits and you must do so not with just a smile on your face, but you must learn from it and keep pushing forward. Keep moving forward because your honor is something that is here and it is here. And for those who are just listening, I'm pointing to my head and my heart. And this idea is that you have to move yourself and that your honor is your responsibility in life to sometimes stand for what you believe in. It doesn't mean every time life comes and hits you with a problem, you must dash aside your life and throw it away meaninglessly. Quite the opposite. It's knowing when to do so. It's knowing when to choose your battles. And this is the idea of Balian, where he chooses to lay down and choose to either be the perfect knight or not. And Tiberius says in this film, Jerusalem has no need for a perfect knight. I think he is exactly what Jerusalem needs because he goes on to show that being a knight is meaningless to some extent. Being a knight is a word, is a connotation, is a idea. And that this idea of Godfrey turning him into a knight just through words was powerful enough for him to become a better fighter. And when the priest says to him, making a man a knight doesn't make him a better fighter, it does. And it's this idea of honour within the man. You place the responsibility within them and they will become stronger and better people. Who do you think you are? Will you alter the world? Doesn't making a man a knight make him a better fighter? Yes. And that is what Jerusalem was. This idea of a place for everybody. And that the strong must defend the weak and the strong can make the weak strong. And this was this beautiful idea of taking something that isn't necessarily viable and making it a better place. And this is perfectly depicted within the film when Balian goes to the lands that he was given to defend the Pilgrim Road from the Saracens and from the Templars to protect the Jews and the Muslims and the Christian people upon that path. And he finds that his land is basically a dust bowl with no crop and very little water. And he sees it and he says it will suit him because he will make something of this land, no matter what, because he has seen what it was like in France, and he saw how he didn't make 
good of the situation he was there and he turns and he looks at this scenario and he takes it and he digs up the land with the people and he gets the water through the the land uh, through the land and he turns that dust bowl into a crop filled land a land of beauty and this is the metaphor of a man with honor can push forward can turn something of negativity into something positive we see so much throughout this film throughout many things that to hold yourself accountable to know that even when pressed with an easy way out when all hope is lost and when everything's going to crap when the walls of jerusalem are being pounded on by the saracen army when everything's going to crap he creates a plan to be able to defend the city nonetheless and the idea is that it is not the city he defends but the people itself the idea itself and it takes honor and pride in oneself and power within oneself to know that it is not you you defend. He gets so many opportunities, Balin, throughout this film to be able to run away. Tiberius says he's going to Cyprus. He says, let's leave, let's go. go. He then is in the city and the priest says to him, we shall take the, ho the fastest horses and leave as quickly as possible. And then even Sibylla says, we must go to Akka. And it's, he says, no, we defend the people. And this is the message further. You will constantly be given the easy way out in life. We defend this city, not to protect these stones, but the people living within these walls. And it must be pushing forward when, you know, to, to take that hard road. Nonetheless, you see it in this film. He loses men throughout this battle against Salah Hadin. He takes huge losses. He gets a massive cut in his hand from the sword going onto his hand. And he could take... I, you know what's is he could easily have just abandoned all hope, you know you know in Lord of the Rings when <laughs> Lord Denethor's at the top of Gondor, flee, flee, flee for your lives. <laughs> Abandon your post. Flee, flee for your lives. <laughs> it's such a fun. I love that quote. And he he could easily do that. You could fall into despair. And he must do so to, he must not do so, sorry. <laughs> Prepare for battle! He must not do so because it also is reflected by how his enemies think of him. And even when his enemies are talking of him, and they even speak of his father Godfrey, Liam Neeson, remember the name, boom. <laughs> and Liam Neeson's character, Godfrey, manages to fight Saladin somewhere in the past, and he says, Ah, you should have killed him. And the gentleman who Balian saves earlier in the film, who he thought was a servant, turns out to be the master. And it relates once back again to Liam Neeson saying, the man who had nothing in France would become the master in Jerusalem, and vice versa can be seen again in the Saracen army. It's a shown of all men, although they may have their differences. We all may have our different ideas, when it comes down to it, we are all similar. And what they're all defending is their honour, their pride, their love for not only their religion, but for Jerusalem itself and its representation of what it is. Hope. Hope for oneself. Redemption for oneself. Redemption for their loved ones. And to be able to conquer it allows them to conquer themselves. And by pushing forward, 
with the idea of being honourable men, they must take Jerusalem back. And this is from the Muslim point of view. We all love to paint people the bad guy, but I love the fact that we see the human side of the commanders of the Saracen army. We understand that these are just men trying to do what they think is right. And it's the same when we see from the Christian side, although we do see it from a much more negative perspective, and this idea of they're going to start a war because they want to represent their religion and their faith and they think they're better. It's a little bit less so when it comes down to the opposite, opposing side in the Saracen army. It is li little more than men doing what they think is right because, well, Salah Dean says so and God wills it. God wills it! God wills it! God wills it! Even so, even with all that honour, we go back to Balian. We go back to this idea of protect the people. Protect those around you. Protect your loved ones, even if it comes to your own death. So we go back to the original question of this podcast. Is your honour worth more than your life? And I say it is. I say that if you are constantly allowing life to walk over you, for those around you to be able to take from you, to those who don't see your bigger goals, your bigger journey, your dreams... You must keep pushing forward. Defend those who cannot defend themselves and defend your honour and your dreams. A man who does not have any dreams is dead already. Some see nothing more than life and death. They are dead, for they have no dreams. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I uh, I've truly enjoy talking about things that are meaningful like this, especially when it comes down to going back and looking at films. There's something kind of beautiful about the soundtrack that is from Kingdom of Heaven, so it's a good way to end the podcast with a little bit of talking about this and having it in the background. There is a level of peace that comes from Kingdom of Heaven. And while the title of this podcast slash YouTube video is talking about honour, there is almost a moment of understanding that in order to become one with the religion you believe in, you must actually believe in yourself and find ways to be able to answer those questions within. But when Balian says, I have lost my religion, and the Hospitaller says, I don't see any stock in religion in the first place, he's talking about finding the spirituality within yourself and going on a journey and doing what's good every day as a human being day in, day out. It's what you are judged on, not on what religion says to you. It's a lovely positive message to end on, and I love ending on positive messages. So, this has been a Taylor's Taylor's podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Hey, I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home? You're excused. Anyone else? No, no we're, we're, we're good. good. We're good.